All right, welcome to another episode of Corner Memoirs of the Service Industry. And this week, we welcome Tommy McCarthy. Uh, Tommy is a former boy band member of the band No Authority. Uh, he's also the co-host of the Bad Boys of Pop podcast, located at thebadboysofpop.com. Uh, and Tommy and I worked together at Dimples Karaoke. For those of you who don't know, Dimples was the first karaoke bar in the country. Um, it was located in Burbank, California, and I believe it was founded in the late 70s, maybe early 80s. Um, man, it was a trip working there, uh, guys. We worked there uh, in the early 2000s at the height of karaoke's popularity here, at least in Los Angeles, but it was gaining popularity uh, across the, the country. And man, it was, it was kind of a dope spot to work at in your, in your, in your mid twenties. Uh, that's for sure. And, you know, we share some stories about what it was like working there. Uh, Tommy's kind of share some stories about his, you know, going from touring the country with the band to then working in the service industry, which I think is a really good perspective to have. Uh, and yeah, mainly it's just reminiscing about the good old days of, of, of those, you know, first real bar jobs, um, that we both shared. So yeah, sit back, enjoy. And without any further ado, let's get into service, shall we? You're listening to Corner Memoirs of the Service Industry, a podcast set out to document the lives of those who work in service and hospitality. I'm Eric Chopo, and I'll be running the front of the house tonight. I'm a 22-year vet in the bar and restaurant scene and have worked and managed everything from Michelin star restaurants to dive bars and everything in between. I'm sitting down with members of our industry to talk about why they love doing what they do and share some stories along the way. Around every corner is a new story, a new hire, and a new experience. All right, let's get into it, dude. Uh, Tommy McCarthy, how the hell are you, my friend? It's a long time. I'm doing, I'm doing excellent, man. Yeah. Uh, it has been a long time. Yeah. What did I used to call you? Uh, Carpaccio? Carpaccio. Uh, <laughs> Kim used to call me Kaki Poo Poo for, for all the listening fans out there. Um, for those who don't know, Tommy McCarthy, um, former pop star of No Authority, boy band from the 90s, the host of now of the Bad Boys um, of Pop podcast. Uh, you can find that at thebadboysofpop.com. Uh, you're streaming every, what, Monday and Thursday? Yeah, we do Mondays and Thursdays, generally 3 p.m. Pacific. Um, currently, Eric, my co-host is Eric, actually. Oh, funny. Uh, Stretch from No Authority as well. Cool. He, um, he is visiting the North Pole uh, <laughs> working on a show called Top Elf for Nickelodeon. Okay. <clears throat> so uh, I haven't... I'm going to have to more than likely be without him for the next week and a half to two weeks. Um, yesterday I got super lucky. Uh, and I, I don't want to step on your intro. Like it, no, no. Yeah, let's get get it. Story. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, yesterday I got super lucky. Um, on the, on the podcast, I, I had some guests that, uh, that just kind of, I want to say fell on my lap because I've kind of been working to make it happen for a while now, but there's, you've heard You've heard of the DraftKings. the, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, um, you know, I love DraftKings. I, I play fantasy sports, and um, what they've been doing <clears throat> during the uh, during the pandemic, they actually started doing f- a free, uh, like back in March, free Madden simulation games that you okay. could play in and win like DK dollars and stuff like that. And now they're actually doing it like for real money. It's crazy, but cool. um, <clears throat> but they actually had well, they were doing six games a day. Oh wow! And and they would have uh, a play by play and a color guy calling 
all the games, right? And so, so these, these, you know, there was one guy shaved his eyebrows off on a, on a, you know, if we reach 700 or listeners or whatever it was, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, all these wacky things in the beginning. And then, you know, one week turns into two weeks, into a month, and like two months, next, next thing you know, seven months later, they're still doing these things. And wow. now these guys are, you know, kind of uh, household names. There's a whole thing called the DK Sim Fam okay. that, um, that we call ourselves the people that, that watch on, on the games on YouTube and, and play along. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> two, two of the guys, one, uh, Adam Kaufman, he's actually a big uh, sports guy mm-hmm. in Boston, in the area, in Boston area. Um, and he's one of the more prominent hosts there on, on DK. Right. He came on, we had him on, and we also cool. had a fellow named Jason Rossi okay. come along. And uh, he has a podcast called um, uh, The Pop Podcast Pile Driver okay. with, um, with a buddy. So it was really cool to have them on um in lieu of eric uh but, but i want him back i want i, I want <laughs> i want stretch back obviously asap but in, in the meantime uh working on getting something i might have to bring you on as oh, come a, on. As yeah. A, yeah i might i might have to get you on why not yeah uh i'm down dude whenever um I, I i've realized that i really just kind of enjoyed this interaction this talking to people and kind mm-hmm. of wait until the to be able to do it in person. Cause I feel like, you know, there's a little disconnect, but it's been fun. Uh, yeah. you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm down to do whatever, but getting it's a to different you, dynamic, it's a different yeah, dynamic. Totally. Totally. And, and I, and, uh, and, and I miss that, but in these times, this, um, I've found has brought me a little bit of sanity and, and it makes me feel like I, makes me feel like I've hung out with some people sure. when I yeah. actually have it. That's kind of how I view it. Yeah. Uh, plus doing it this way over, you know, over a zoom call or a video call, yeah. uh, is way easier than having to set up cameras and all that. And I agree. What is just, 100%. I don't have to deal with multiple footage shit. And it's just, it's simple. Like I yeah, four, four cameras shoot. We got to cut between and yeah. get the, yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, but let's get to at hand. This is a show about the service industry and, uh, Tommy and I worked at the famous now, forever gone dimples karaoke out of bourbon karaoke, uh, bourbon california and mm-hmm. for those who may not be familiar dimples karaoke was the first karaoke bar 24 7 well not 24 7 but like every single day of the week karaoke bar in america yeah um the owner sal ferraro was in japan saw karaoke in the 70s brought it over in the late 70s and then because was, he ran a travel agency right ran a travel agency yeah and he had a couple other bars and then he bought a karaoke machine and then the rest is history as they say and yep. we happened to work in the early 2000s there and i'd argue it was the height it was like the maximum peak of that bar's like history like when we were working there there was lines around the block on a friday and saturday night to get in it was like karaoke was the thing to do oh yeah in hollywood um and it so, would draw it would draw people from the studios because they're right across the street yeah. so you, you would have you know uh folks from you know jay leno or whatever you have actors and, and all kinds of yeah. interesting characters pop over um, and, and they'd film stuff there all the time too yeah i mean jay leno was right across the street that was where his studios was and he filmed at least like four segments over like the course of the, you know, the nineties and two thousands, like when he was running it, Mm -hmm. um, at least four that I know of that he was like, Hey, let's shoot over to our correspondent over at Dipples right across the street. And then Sal would be there drinking his wine, trying to be all, you know, doing his best Hugh Hefner impersonation. What was his, I know he always, it was always red. It was, it was, uh, it was was a cab. 
it was, was cab it? and it was like Woodford, like Woodbridge <clears throat> right. or whatever, like the really crappy white, but he, uh, red wine, like he just got it on bulk and you know, then you get the big ass Magnum bottles. And, but he, apparently he, you know, he acquired the taste for it because that's every single time you come in, you would have that glass ready. Right. Mm-hmm. That was the yeah. thing. Like Sal's coming in, have to get the glass on the counter, get it ready for him. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> Uh, dude, okay. So you can kind of speak uh, speak a little bit to this to people listening at home. Yeah. Uh, Sal is a very particular man. Like he likes, he's very controlled oriented in how he runs a bar. He's an old school guy. It's got to be mm-hmm. done his way or get the fuck out. And, but he wouldn't come in right away. So we would most likely be there kind of manning the bar, opening up the bar at like four or five o'clock. And it would just be the employees running things. It wasn't like a manager or anything. We would just open it up, set everything up and get to go. And there wasn't a day that went by where he didn't show up around 7.30 and not yell at somebody that something was wrong right away. (laughs) And I had, I mean, it was recently as like two years ago, I've had nightmares of me working uh, in the sound booth and something's wrong and Sal walking in and, and just reaming me for Come something. On, babe. Yeah. Babe. Uh, dude, it's <laughs> nightmares I have of that. I, re- I remember, um, and, and I don't think we had official lookouts, but I remember, I remember like at least a few times a week for sure. When, when I was, when I was working, um, it was a door guy or somebody yep. would come over. Sal just parked. Get the wine ready, right? So you're like, okay, all right, here we go, guys. You know, it's showtime. It's game I mean, time. We, we wouldn't really be busy for happy hour all that often. It'd be regulars. And it was kind of an autopilot bar in that sense. It was the regulars. They just came in. You'd have four or five people sitting there drinking for the first first shift of the night. And then they'd leave around nine o'clock. And then, you know, you'd have you more knew who bar. You knew who was going to order food. You yeah, knew exactly. That, yeah. But so there was always somebody outside smoking. And Sal used to park like way up the block. And he by had the a bridge. Yep. Yeah, and the, by the bridge. And he had an old school uh, Mercedes two door, yep. little white Mercedes. And so you, it was recognizable. And he was an old man, so he like was shuffling. You knew you had like a good twelve minutes from when he <laughs> parked and got out of his car to the reason the door. And everyone's like, "Sal's here!" And <laughs> lights would be dimmed and adjusted, and music volume would be adjusted, and things would be, you know. And the thing about Sal too is like he was weird. He didn't want you to bust tables. He goes, if the, if no one's in the bar, he's like, leave dirty glasses on the tables. Because it looks busier. Because it looked busier. Yeah. And he was like, it's too clean in here. Where is everybody? And like, you're like, Sal, there's been nobody in here. He's like, I don't care. Like, it was all about the way it looked in that place. And, uh, I, and I feel like, um, I, and I, I'm going to chronologically skip ahead a little bit. Sure, yeah. um, but feel free to, to, you know, we can come back. Yeah. Um, so towards the end, end of the the life of dimples in in that form um bar rescue came in yeah and 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 if you if you've seen the show you know the guy comes in and he is makes changes like yes gotta go there's gotta go and as you said sal doesn't like change yeah right so that was there was a lot of butting heads there and and i feel like uh to relate it to what you just said the way that they streamlined everything and cleaned everything up, I feel like that went against everything that Sal stood for. He liked the the kitschy, yeah, you know, with with, with the the little 
with the Halloween thing there. Yeah, and then, yeah, that, like all, like old Halloween <laughs> stuff that'd be up there all year round, like a creepy butler guy, and and it, you know, yeah. he liked the smell of the dust and the and the mildew. He liked like that was that felt home homey, right? Yeah, and and I can understand that because walking in there, you know, oh, oh I'm in dimples. Yeah, like the smell, the 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 sounds, the the every the way everything looked, the way everything, the atmosphere, the damp air like everything felt like dimples right you knew you were there yeah and and that was the thing that like i always felt that they they went too far in the wrong direction like they didn't appreciate what dimples was when they changed it there was a lot of things that they did was which was like like stellar like it was really like it you know it needed new carpeting for one but they just in cleaning up the actual the bar area to make things easier to access and that yeah. yeah Sure, but they, but they didn't it's like <laughs> they weren't they weren't like treating it with respect in the sense that like dimples had a certain look it had old film equipment and old photos of starlets from back in the day mm-hmm. um and it was just stained glass from studios and it was just it was like walking into you know a you know it was like what it was TGI, like a museum. yeah it was a museum it was like what tgi fridays thought it was doing but like a real life version of it it was just tchotchkes everywhere and museum pieces and art and you know this poster and and, and that movie still and it was just a museum of hollywood it was, it was like it and, was like the hard rock cafe yeah. but legit yeah like, and, but, but real stuff you and know? it was like in that and it was in what like a thousand square feet you know what yeah, I mean? It was, everything like, was packed in. <laughs> so when Bar Rescue comes in, they just kind of go, all right, well, we're going to do a complete 180. And it's going to look like yeah. some loungy club, right? you know, and all the charm was gone. And they said, well, you can keep like 20% of your shit. And what Sal did was Sal didn't throw anything away. It, he it just moved everything to his property, to his house and left stuff in the parking lot. So as soon as they were done, he was like slowly bringing stuff back in. <laughs> And That's like awesome. and trying to dirty it back up again, uh, and but it was never the same. It was it definitely lost, you know, all of its charm. When were you there in. during that time? I wasn't working there, but I mean, I was, I was in. I was, you know, I had moved back home to DC like in two thousand nine to eleven, and when okay. I was back in LA when that transition happened, um, and so I was there like towards the because I was filming. Um, I think the last the last year before the change, I was filming, um, uh, shooting the breeze with Dennis Haskins, Mister Belding's podcast or like vlog or YouTube show that we were doing. Okay, um, and so we were at Dimples fairly often, you know, a couple times a month filming these episodes, and because that was like his home base, and that's where all the episodes, you know, until he started working a lot again, and then he was on the road and he was vlogging from the road. Um, but I was there a lot. And then I was actually there when they gutted the stage. They're like all the stage was gone. So like, mm. you know, it's just these impressions on the wall where like, you know, Elvis's head used to be, it was like a cutout of Elvis that was up again. You know, all these. Yeah. You know, and, and Mar- ghost Maryland images. Things yeah. Different things. Yeah. And it was sad to see that go. And then I was there. I was, I, I went to like the, the big reveal night. You know, I think not the not the night for cameras because that was like control the actual and, grand opening for the for grand opening um, public. yeah for the public. And I, I just like there was parts I liked, but for the most part, I go this isn't dimples, man. And like this is like you can attest to it because you know yeah. that pl- that place had a loyal following. You know, people were there 
every single night. It was a bar that just happened to do karaoke on a nightly basis, but it was definitely everybody's cheers. It was definitely that vibe when you walked in that place, regardless of, you know, a bunch of drunken people singing karaoke. Um, I can think of, I can think of many nights where, you know, we're sitting around and, and even you and I, it, uh, perhaps we're sitting around, right. Yeah. Uh, what do you, what do you guys want to do tonight? Uh, well, no, I don't know about the dimples. All right. Like that was yeah. always yeah. something to do. Right? You always knew you would go there and see somebody, right? Like that was the thing is like, if, if this was kind of a little bit before text messaging was really like all that super popular, people yeah. still made phone calls and still like, you know, showed up randomly at your house. But like, you knew that like, oh man, I don't know what's going on. Like that movie sold out or somebody flaked. Let me just go to dimples and I know I'll see somebody and then something will happen from there on out. Either we stay there all night and have a great time or we'll gather up our shit and we'll go like into Hollywood. Go to a house party or, or go to a house yeah, party. Exactly. Yeah. It definitely was the, you know, the meeting spot for a lot of us. And, you know, it was, and it was particular. I mean, we all lived in the Valley. Like that was kind of like, you know, that crew, everyone lived in Burbank or North Hollywood or studio city within that, you know, radius. Um, so there was always something to do, but you always started at Dimples or yeah. ended at Dimples. You know, it was always kind of the, the spot it was always, to start. It was, right? There was always a touch point with Dimples at some point, yeah. for sure. Um, and I remember your house was one of the houses that people would go to. Sometimes. Yeah, I mean, like when me and, and, and Tim, well, it was really Tim and Andrew. They lived behind Dimples uh, in the apartment complex, like a small little you know, bungalow-esque apartment complex on the street behind Dimbles. Um, and so it was easy. It was walking distance. It was two-minute walk, you know? So there was a lot of starting starting there, ending there type of things. Yeah. Um, but really, it was Kim's house was the kind of the... She she was like the mother mother hen for all of us lost souls of Dimbles. That's, that's true. That's true. I guess, I guess what I'm thinking of is uh, <clears throat> the other house that you and and uh tim out in the valley oh the well I mean, yes well okay the so we, but yeah, that was pool. that was yeah. more like okay weekends or when people are are off and it was more of the fact that we so had much a an pool. after dimples thing yeah we had a, yeah we had a pool and we would throw many pool parties and right. you know ragers and stuff and i uh, slept on the couch with you at your place i, 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 I would for months like i mean you you lived with us in when we were in the the studio city place you know when, yeah, when, when we was, were we were living in a place in a building that was going to get torn down. Yes. And so the landlord was like, I don't know when we're tearing it down. So you can just, just keep paying me and keep staying here. So we we're kind of like giving them a little money on their table and just like squatting. Everyone had moved out. The apartment complex was empty <laughs> and we we're just staying there until the bitter fucking end. I remember that's when I smashed my finger. Do you remember that? I smashed oh, it yeah, 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 on the yeah. set of a, uh, it was like a, a, a little independent horror flick and somebody just like smashed it inside of a door I put their body against it. And I remember it was just so nasty and like pussy. And, <laughs> and I'm just walking around, like going to the, I remember, I remember going to the, the liquor store, like, like, ah, I need to self-medicate with some beers. Yep. And, and I'm sitting there with this nasty finger and the guy's looking at me like, you okay? <laughs> like, oh, I'm good. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was right there towards the end of that, uh, that complex it's yeah that's completely wiped out now it's it's yeah that complex is gone it's a yeah, yeah some stupid apartment complex it was an old old hollywood bungalow um yeah. you know i remember the concrete I, floors right it's concrete floors yeah. and you know amoeba shaped pool and i remember like 
one of the old guys that lived there walked me around when I first moved in. He's like, so in this apartment was this starlet back in the forties and this producer lived here and this director lived here. And, um, hmm. it was definitely one of those, you know, had history and charms. And then of course, due to progress, they, they tear it down. And sad to see things like this go like, like dimples, yeah. for example, well, dimples um, is a whole foods now. <laughs> the entrance to where dimples was, is the entrance Naturally. to a whole foods. Naturally. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's with, the, apart, with apartments built with apartments on top, built above it. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just a shock when you go to that block, and it's well, one that it's unrecognizable. But then when you realize where you are and and where you're standing, and you're like, this is where many a night I was having a cigarette and having the conversation with somebody and listening to bad karaoke and having the times of my twenties. Yeah, and then you look and it's just an entrance to a Whole Foods. It's kind of the most depressingly that's sur- fitting. That's got to be surreal. Yeah, it's weird. Have you gone out there? I mean, it's a trip. Just drive out to Burbank and take a look. If I, we haven't been I've recently. driven past, but I haven't actually like, I, I, I think, I think getting out and walking around would probably be a much more uh, disheartening experience. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's definitely, it's definitely sucks. Like, you know, progress is progress, but you know, they fought forever to try and get um, um, like a historical, historical landmark, but yeah. The the thing is, is they ruled that Dimples was historical, but the building was not. So the building had no historical significance except for the fact that it housed Dimples, which in turn was historically important. But the city council wouldn't deem, Burbank City Council didn't deem the building of any importance, which is basically weird. Mon- basically yeah. m- money talked. Yeah, definitely. What was his name? Uh, Kuzumato, who, who like owns all the buildings in Burbank. I might have a hit out on me now for just mentioning his name, but uh-oh, <laughs> watch out, watch out. So yeah, dimples. You know those days. Uh, those days were very interesting, and I I kind of um, cut my teeth in that industry at dimples. Yeah. I I used to go there when I was uh, when I was in No Authority in my boy band. Yep, yeah. we'd go hang out there, and and you know I mean I'd go. It, there was one kind of surreal thing that happened. Uh, so, okay. So the group broke up. Right. And, um, and I go to Sal and I was like, Hey, uh, I need, I need, I need a job. I need to work. Yeah. Do you have anything? He's like, you don't want to work for me, babe. You don't want to. <laughs> I'm like, no, I, I need a job. And he's like, you know, the next day he calls, Hey, you want to come on in? I'm like, all right. You know, so I start bar backing <laughs> there and I'm learning stuff. And I remember <clears throat> in the first couple of weeks, uh, I went out and I was busing a table and it, it was Zach Bryan and, and, and some other folks sitting around. And it's funny because they were sitting at the t- same table that I was sitting with Zach at like a month prior. And now oh. I'm here picking up glasses. Uh-huh. Right. And so it was a very strange. It, it, and I remember um, like, Hey, you guys need anything? And, 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 and they're just like, no, like we, you like, they're like, do you want to come hang out? Do you want, right. It was kind <laughs> of an awkward kind of thing. Right. Because yep. You're going from it, being there to be entertained to being there to actually entertain and help, yeah, yeah. right? <clears throat> so, and you know, there it, there were only a handful of people that uh, that I ever heard anything negative from, and to those people, I just said, "You gonna give a hard time to someone for working for a living? Like that's yeah. that's ridiculous." Yeah, you know? like you've got you've got it you've got to understand you've got to humble yourself humble yourself humble, little, little, little. let me try that again you got to humble yourself to yep. realize you're not like no one no one is better than anyone no one doesn't deserve 
to have to work for yeah. their living to some degree, right? Yeah. Um, and just because you know you've seen someone on TV or you've seen someone uh, in the spotlight doesn't mean that you know they're making a ton of money or they're always going to have mm-hmm. money right to just rely on that thing that you know them from that and it reminds me of when i saw uh okay so chasing amy was one of my one of my right. favorite movies and, and and i know you love you love those guys yep. you love yep. those, those movies. um <clears throat> and i remember when i first moved to la i worked in the sherman oaks galleria okay. at noah's bagels <clears throat> sorry no uh uh Lorena Plaza, Noah's Bagels, near the okay. Sherman Oaks Galleria. And I went to the Galleria. Uh, there was a record store there. I don't remember if it was Tower or what it was, but I went to a record store there and I'm walking around and all of a sudden I see the guy. Uh, and it was uh, it was a guy from Chasing Amy. It was He was working there. Yeah. And I remember thinking, well, that's weird. Like, because I didn't understand the business yet. Yeah, yeah. Right? I was I was fresh. I was new. Was it, was it so, Jason, Jason Lee? Because that was like his second movie, so... No, it was the guy. Uh, it was African American guy. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. The, um, the the comic book artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. he uh, and so he, he's in there, and I and I I remember th- wanting to ask him what he's doing there because it was weird to me. But then, but then I was like, no, I probably shouldn't, just because that's kind of a weird question, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so then, you know, fast forward to being in a similar position. I'm glad that I didn't ask him. Yeah. Right, because. The answer is obvious. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, you're working. Yeah. Have you had any experiences like that with anyone? I so I I I've had that in the sense where like I've talked about it before in the notion of relating to people when they come in of some sort of fame or notoriety and mm-hmm. then feeling like you're making a real connection. And then when they leave, they kind of pat you on the head and say, thanks for being my servant for the night. You know, like in that without actually saying that, but it's kind of that feeling that you realize you know, there is a stigma that, you know, you're, you're waiting on somebody and that, that automatically puts you on a different level than them. Mm-hmm. Um, what I think you're touching on that I haven't had a chance to talk about on the show is kind of that it, it's, it's similar in, in that vein about like being in this service industry. It kind of, it kind of has this stigma of like, you know, oh, you're down on your luck or you're in between like a real job, like, you know, mm-hmm. you being a singer, you're in between singing gigs. So you're right. just doing some odd ends or you've completely fallen off and, oh, I'm so sorry for you. So there's a sense of pity that comes along with it. And I hate that, but it is true in the sense that there is a humbling aspect to having to, you know, it's, I would say the service industry is very similar to being like working within labor or like a blue collar job. It's like, you're working for every buck and 50 cents that you get in tips. Mm -hmm. You're cleaning up after people, which isn't very dignified in a lot of regards. You're cleaning dirty dishes. You're cleaning dirty glassware. Um, You're, you're actually having to do those dishes and wash them. Uh, You have to Mm -hmm. sweep up after people. So there is this level of looking at it from those, those eyes where it's not very flattering of a job, Mm -hmm. but I always looked at it as like, yeah, but this is awesome because it then provides me all the freedoms that that job does provide you. Where like, you like, how many times did I quit Dimples? I was like, fuck you, fuck this place, I'm out. But then like, <laughs> hey Sal, I need another job. He's like, okay, come in, babe, I'll give you another job. Uh, like bygones are bygones. But like, it does. I gotta kind- say, I gotta say, Sal, for for all of his uh, his crazy rants and crazy flying off the handle moments, uh, 
he was he genuinely cared for his employees. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, I mean, well, I think he. Yes and no. I think he cared for the guys. I don't think he cared the same way for the girls because he was a bit of a sexist in the way he you know made them dress and treated them and the way mm. he talked down to them. But he was loyal in the sense that you did right by him. He was always going to try and help you out in any way that he could. And he, you know, he rewarded the girls too. He took them out nights nights on the town. You know, but he was treating them like arm candy. But these girls, for the most part, nothing was. As in his far, limo. As, as, limo. As far as I know, and, and, and any ladies who worked at Dimples, please contact me if I'm wrong. But the way that I was always aware of it, talking to them, these friends, it was like nothing was required of them or expected of them. He just wanted to show them a good time, yeah. took them to these parties, took them to premieres, took them to the theater, took them to the Playboy Mansion. Like those parties are hard to get into. I remember being yeah. jealous for not being invited on the, some of those trips. I wanted to go to the goddamn Playboy Mansion. Are you kidding me? Right. I never so, got a chance to so, go. So, you know... I, I prefer being treated. I prefer being treated with respect. Yeah. Um, but I still would have enjoyed being yeah, invited on, on those trips. <laughs> but, but going back to going back to you, I think your perspective is kind of really interesting. I don't think a lot of people, um, you know, you're you're in this boy band. You got you're going. Yes, on talk tour. about me more. Bring yeah. it on. Yes, let's you're, do this. You're, you're in a boy band. You're you're going you're going on tour. You know, you're selling records. You know, you're you're making appearances, this and that. And then you yeah, know, we played like, played. Uh, our biggest crowd was seventy thousand. I think that's, that's, I mean, that's fucking huge. Yeah, but usually usually it was like thirty thirty thousand ish, thirty yeah. to thirty five thousand. And then sure. as the industry is, it's very fickle and it changes yeah. with the wind. And so now you find yourself working at a karaoke bar. My old hang. Yeah. And there's a place that's where it's the thing is like, that's where I hung out too. And then I needed a job and you yeah. know, he was there to give me one. Um, yeah. But it's a definitely like, talk more about that, like that, how that felt, like how, how you got over that bullshit stigma of like, Oh, you know, I was here and now I'm here. Like, was there ever that in your head or were you just kind of like a dollar's a dollar and I just need to kind of get by? Um, I, you know, like you mentioned, it allows you to, have freedoms that's that most nine to fives don't allow. Right. Um, so I was able to go out and audit cause I got, you know, I got into acting. So I was able to go out on auditions. Yep. I was able to be available to go out at the drop of a hat for it. Right. You can't do that with a nine to five. Sure. So it was providing the freedom for that. Um, and I think that I just, I had to um, resign to the fact that I didn't want to work a nine to five at that point. This is what I wanted to do. And, and I, I, you know, when I, I graduated high school valedictorian, initial, initially I was going to go and, and uh, study law, like Harvard. Like, I, I, that's yeah. what I wanted to do. I'm glad I didn't. Yeah. Because I, I hate uh, paperwork. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm sure I could probably have some paralegals doing most of the footwork, but I'm glad that I didn't do that. I would prefer yeah. to, to have uh, conversations, uh, not so much arguments, but, but debates. I'd prefer to do it this way through yeah. podcasting, not in a courtroom, right? Yeah. Courtrooms are just scary places. I think <laughs> like you're in there and it's just like, everybody's, you know, there, uh, uh, where even I remember, um, I had a, I, there was a case that, that I was, I actually was the, the, the plaintiff. Um, <clears throat> and, and I was, I was still like, it, I still felt uneasy. Like it's yeah. still, I, I just, I don't like courtrooms. Yeah. So I'm glad that I know that now. <laughs> and I, and I don't regret not being an attorney. Anyway. Um, 
So I think once you once you realize uh, what it is that you want from your your daily life, day in day out, what your schedule is going to look like. Once you realize that what makes the most sense is working mm-hmm. in a, in a, a a bar environment where you're working during the evenings. Yeah. Um. You, it doesn't bug you. Like, yeah. w- would I have rather been out? Uh, you know, touring, do, doing shows. Absolutely. But the bottom line is that wasn't happening at that point. Right. Right. So I've got, I've got to put myself in a position to be able to pay the bills and eat and have some fun with my friends. Right. Yeah. And then also uh, give myself the time and the ability to be able to uh, explore the opportunities that I want to explore. Yeah. Uh, artistically. And I think that the timing too is while I agree with everything you're saying, I think the timing too, when we were there was kind of the height of like the fall to grace story. You know, it was like the E true Hollywood story and, you know, always trying to look at like, and then like Mr. Belding went there and Mm. like, you know, he was, you know, Mr. Belding, he was like the, you know, on top of the world in the nineties. And then, then there was a period of a lull where he was kind of like, you know, not necessarily where he was and having to struggle with that. I just think that was like, because knowing you and talking with you, it never seemed like that shit ever phased you. And it was so easy to kind of like fall into that during those early 2000 periods because people wanted that story. They wanted to hear. And like, you were just like, I'm here to work, man. I get to sing every fucking night that I want to, Yeah, you know, I get to perform for people. You're still kind of aspect of it. And then you were able to act and go on and, 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 in um transition yeah, from there it was never like the, a, yeah. yeah it was yeah. never like this kind of like you know because i remember because i remember lube did that documentary on you and i was always kind of didn't like the narrative he was saying of like you know i can't believe this guy's slinging ice in the fucking bar i remember that line specifically from the, that thing the, the intro the yeah, yeah right like scooping the, the yeah, yeah, yeah yeah i was like it just felt like stupidly exploitative like for like the fact that it's like you know Dude, he had no idea what our nights are. Our nights were fucking awesome. Like I working at that bar in the height of it was like it was never a dull night. It was always busy. The night went by like this. You were able to drink on the job. It's, yeah, I was gonna say the night went by like this, especially if you were ha- having beverages as yeah. you worked. Yeah, yes. exactly. And yeah. and then we would go and hang out to like four or five in the morning. I mean, it was like that was when I think of like all the cliche I work in a bar. It's dimples, man. All those stories were there. Yeah. Uh, it was those- like it was like a little family that that worked together, but then also like had a great time hanging out together yeah. as well. Yeah. I mean, family is the right word because we all yeah. There wasn't a day that like our day off was still either back at that bar drinking because <laughs> Sal didn't care if you came in on your day off, or yeah. it was hang out with other people who had a day off. Or it was like, I'm going off and doing my own thing, but I'll be at Kim's house at 2.30, you know, having, you know, you know, middle of lights with everybody. Now, is that is that a popular thing within the service industry? Is like you're not uh, allowed to be in the establishment on your day off? Is that a, a it common depends thing? On, it depends on the place that you work, but the idea behind it from, you know, and I didn't realize this, you know, when I was just like a, you know, a barback bartender, karaoke uh-huh. DJ at Dimples. I didn't know it then. Um, so I had some learning curves with it, but from being a manager more recently, the idea behind that is that if, if you were to come in and you work at the bar and you sit down at the bar and I'm the manager and I'm doing around, I don't trust that you're not going to be given shots and shit for free because your friends mm-hmm. behind the bar and it's bad enough that their friends who don't work here, or I have to worry about getting shit for free. Then I know like you're going to, it's just the, it's, 
in certain places, they don't, they view that as an opportunity for shit to be stolen and given away for free. I see. Um, So when I was working at a restaurant, it was like, you could come in on your night off, but you're sitting at a table, you know, that way there's your limited interaction with other staff members. You're not distracting staff members that are working who need to be attending the customers and caught up with Mm -hmm. the local bullshit drama with you. Um, That type of stuff. So it's frowned upon in some places, but I mean, most bars don't give a shit. It's just the the restaurants that do. I was going to say in in bars for me, um, the other aspect that would make sense is kind of like, what if you come in one night and make an ass out of yourself? Cause you're out there drinking with your buddies and you get wild. It's happening. I can yeah. remember, I, I think there were a handful of nights I came in and got freaking tanked yeah. with my friends, like when I wasn't working and I, you know, I'd, I'd drag, I'd drag ass in the next day. Like, Hey guys. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, it happens too. Like all it's good. It's like, <laughs> you know, I, that's, that's the, that's the fear, but from a owner management point of view, I don't think that's what they worry about from a, hmm. I don't want to make an ass of myself going into this establishment that I work at. That's kind of what I would care about. But like, yeah. yeah, that happens. It happens a lot. You know, people. Have you are, ha- have you had a night like that? I I remember. <laughs> so okay, kind of. So I remember when I first started managing at this place, Artisan House downtown. Uh-huh. Uh, my you know my now wife then she was just the bartender that worked there. I remember texting her the next morning because okay, so there was a certain type of water that we sold at the market. I lived right around the corner from it. I had a night that I was drinking like fucking crazy, and I went in and just took home a bottle of water because I was like, I'll pay for it tomorrow. I literally stole it, and like, but I needed water because I was that hammered that I was like, I know I need to get this water because I don't have it at home. Yeah, and I kind so was of it magic water. What is this water? It was like it's just just good water, a good bottle of water. But uh, it was free. That was the important part. It was free. Um, gotcha. But I, I, when I woke up, I didn't right away remember getting it. I just saw it sitting on my bedside table. And I was like, fuck. I know where that's from. That's from Artisan House. I just started working there like a month ago as the you know AGM of the place. So I immediately go, it all starts coming back to me. I remember that Gina, my, my wife, then just the bartender, that she was working there. I text her, I was like, hey, so it looks like I came in last night. Did I say or do anything that was like stupid? And she was like, no, you're totally fine. I was like, cool, because I was fucking hammered. She was like, I barely, I could barely tell. And I don't know if, she, to this day, I don't know if she was just bullshitting me or not. But it was definitely like, I was like, fuck, did I say or do anything stupid? I shouldn't have gotten in there. I should have just bought it from like the local bodega around the corner. So yeah. I'm assuming you were, you were, you had like hung out and partied somewhere prior to that. Yes. I was not drinking at the establishment. I was like at yeah. some party or at another bar or something. And I had just a couple too many. And I was, you know, in that near. Just going to pop stage. in and grab a free water. Exactly. Sweet. Why not? Right. So perks, <laughs> perks of the job, my friend. Um, but, you know, going back to Dimples, I, you know, what I loved about it was it was like that was everyone there was age appropriate. We're all in our mid 20s, early to mid 20s, yeah. late 20s, but we're all within that age bracket. Um, there was a lot of in dating for sure, because that's what happens within this industry. I have a segment on my show about shitting where you eat, but I, one of the, my reasons for why I think it's okay to, date within the workplaces, like a place like Dimples was, this is our life. Our life is completely surrounded in this place. When you're either, you're not working there, you're either hanging out there and this is your whole social circle. You're not really going out and having your own set of friends. This is your friends. Right. You yeah. work with. So, you know, it's bound to happen. You're bound to make out with somebody 
one drunk a night you're, and then have an awkward moment the next day at the bar. Um, you know, I, I, yeah, I, I think I dated a couple of coworkers. Um, I, I, I most certainly, uh, dated people that frequented the establishment, right? Yeah. Because like you said, that's part of your own personal social yeah. circle, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, I absolutely did. Those were always interesting ones. This, I, I think the shit where you eat segment should be extended to not just the people you work with, but the people who are regulars. Cause the regulars I felt were the more dramatic stories come from when like it doesn't go right. And then they still want to come hang out, you know, and then they see somebody else <laughs> flirting with you or they bring in somebody else to make you jealous. Like, did that ever happen? Cause I don't really remember any of the people you're dating, but did that ever happen? Do you ever have any of those like, you know, Oh, this, she's doing this now. I can't believe she's come in here type I, of thing. I don't have a, a super clear story on that, but I, but I, I do seem to kind of recall that there was, there was someone who would come in. I wouldn't say that she was a regular, but she would come in at least a couple times a month. I would see her. She would come in with like a girlfriend or something. And, um, and she would always make small talk, you know, try to have conversations, always smiling at, right. She was flirting. She would always yeah, yeah. flirt. Um, and then I think, uh, she saw me like, like hanging out with someone on, on a night that I wasn't working. I was there with a girl yeah. and she was, and she was there. And I remember see, seeing like that she was kind of giving me kind of psycho face, <laughs> yeah. you know? And I was like, Hmm. Okay. Well, I'm glad that I didn't flirt back with you because that's terrible. <laughs> that could have been really bad. That could, yeah. That could have been really terrifying. Yeah. Uh, but instead it was just, you know, medium terrifying because I don't fully remember everything about it. Just, and I don't know, maybe it was really, really bad. Maybe she murdered me and I don't remember it. I just blocked it out. Yeah. And you just been a know. ghost, you know, this whole time. Could be. This, you, this you, is conversation not even happening. It's, the sixth you know. sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I, I, I look back on those days fondly, man. I, I, you know, for all the headache, I mean, I quit that place twice and went back there, you know, the, 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 you know, weeded dream was always that place. I was the DJ there. So I was like, part of the reason I started like really dreading going to work was, so Sal had a thing about the, the volume. He always thought it was too loud, but then mm. the speaker system sucked there. So the people singing yes. couldn't hear themselves. Yes. So they would say, Hey, can you turn it up? And then you would turn it up and he goes, it's too loud and turn it down. So they got to the point where I knew that I was going to get yelled at every night that I went to work. And you start to kind of like in the pit of your stomach, it starts to fill you with dread. You're like, yeah, I, I'm just going to go to work to get yelled at. Like, this is my life. It's and it's then, like a kid going to school, uh, knowing he's got a bully waiting to pretty much. Yeah. Him. yeah. And it was yeah. just, it got so like, and it was like, this is not even a, this isn't even fun anymore. Like this, I'm just pushing buttons and making CDs for people. Like, this is bullshit. I was like, I'm over it. And I remember the well, like the one of the last times I quit. I go, Sal, I, I got to give you my two weeks, man. I this isn't working out for me. And he goes, It's not working out for me too. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like you were gonna fire me before I. Okay, it was like it was like a mutual. He goes, How about this is just your last night? I go, That works for me. And I was all like, Fuck you. And and then like would be there two weeks later drinking. And he was like, Good to see you. And like it was like nothing happened. You could yell at the guy, and I don't think he ever held 
any like grudges whatsoever. It was just all. And it's not that he didn't remember. He remembered. He just didn't care. Yeah, I don't think he <laughs> like, cared. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It was just. I, mean, you know. it, I don't blame him. He's like, like, look, you know, he lived, he he lived a long, and he's still alive. I, yep. I, I last I heard. Yep. But he, you know, he he's he had a pretty, he has he's experienced a pretty interesting life. Yeah, I think. Um, and so when you're, you know, you're his age, and you're sitting there, and your your life is to come in in the evening to your establishment, drink your wine, flirt with girls that are a fifth year age. Uh, yeah, a quarter year age, you know, like, like <laughs> why, why would you hold, gr- why would you care? Yeah. Like, you know, you, it just doesn't, it, it, he was drink, he would drink like two bottles of wine. Yeah. Drive home to his house in like Lake Hollywood. Uh, I can't believe he never got a DUI. Oh, or, or maybe he did. Maybe he did. And, and we, we never knew about it. I but. mean, there, there'd be times where like, you know, his friends would drive him. What's his name? Fucking, uh, uh, Dick would drive him home. You know, mm. there's times where that happened, but I mean, he was, you know, you, you do this for like 30 years, you build up a tolerance and you, you kind of I muscle suppose. memory at that point. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, that place, you know, I, I, I plan to have like Kim on cause Kim was kind of the queen of dimple. she like took over that place towards the end. She was, towards the end. Yeah. She was, she was, uh, she was yeah. running it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was very loyal to Sal, you know, and then she was kind of like, you know, I, I don't know if it's official, but I mean, when he was trying to open up it again, it was kind of like, prom- I, I would assume he's promising some sort of stake in the company for her because she stuck by him for so long. Um, and if not, he fucking should have. Uh, but yeah, I just, you know, it was, that was the twenties, man. That was like our twenties in Hollywood. And the yeah. and honestly, the last really great decade of LA, I think was early 2000s, so about 2010, like that, that, you know, eight or nine years, like Hollywood, the Sunset Strip was still like very much like the Sunset Strip used to be. It was like the tail end. The music company, record companies were still a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the Hollywood system was still a thing. TMZ wasn't quite as much of a thing yet. Right. Which is you awesome. know, the Kardashians were just starting. So the reality like bullshit. I mean, we had Paris, you know, and that all crap, but it was still like this kind of, Old, older Hollywood, like early '90s Hollywood, '80s Hollywood, was still like the ghost of that was still haunting around the streets of LA. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't think Dimples would succeed in in this market ever again. And there's a reason why Dimples closed down ultimately because it fell out of fashion. But it was definitely, I think, we were there. I mean, I, I think the only other time to be there would have been the '80s when it was like it was the only bar in town. But I mean, fuck, they had karaoke shows like on, on network TV. Like it was like karaoke was the thing. Yeah. And we happened I, to work at the best one that was around. I think I might disagree though. I, okay. I, I think if dimples um, somehow could capture that kitschy, uh, dusty, dank vibe, um, maybe with a better sound system, yeah. um, if they could capture that and they were open seven nights a week, that I, I think that could work if if it's in an area like you know maybe near the arts uh, uh, arts district yeah in, uh, in North, North Hollywood, Hollywood or um, you know some it, I haven't been downtown so I, I I'm not sure how that's growing but um, but the arts district I think would be a perfect place for something like that because there are so many people so many actors and and performers mm-hmm. and entertainers uh, in that densely populated 
area. And then the subway is, is right there as well. So you could actually, you know, but take the, you got to keep in mind, like this is before Twitter. This is before Instagram, Snapchat, yeah. social media was just kind of, I mean, I remember distinctly being on like Friendster when I first started working there and then MySpace mm. became a thing. And then Facebook, like I just dated how old I was, but um, you know, now as a celebrity, like your worry when you go out is to be, somebody's going to be filming you, filming you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's uh, true. Back then, nobody gave a shit. We filmed them. We we had like a highlight reel of all these drunk celebrities coming in and like, yeah, and 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 being us. Hey, I have a question for you because I mentioned this on the show before. Were yeah. you were you working there the night of Kiefer Sutherland's birthday party where he kept the place open till like the wee hours of the morning? Were you was that I, before your time or were you there? I don't recall that, um, but I I do recall uh, I do recall because my wife just made me watch the Twilight saga the twilight yeah. series and i do recall when uh when the two of them came in yeah and, i remember and, that and got got pretty tanked and handsy yeah it was like right right before that became public too like it was like i don't think it was as public knowledge that robert patterson and stewart were dating right they were like incognito she was wearing a ball cap i remember yeah yeah there's a video there's a, yeah. there's definitely a dvd i, I think <laughs> yeah there's definitely somewhere uh, you know what? Sal should Sal should just sell his entire DVD collection to TMZ and just like here you go, or just put it on YouTube, man. Just put <laughs> it on YouTube. Dimple Showcase, YouTube. Yeah. To the best yeah. of you know. Look, it's, look. You when you walked in, it said you were being filmed. Said you were being did. taped. Yeah, and <laughs> everyone knew it. Like I mean, yeah. like <laughs> everyone from like Charlize Theron, Brandon Routh, just when he did Superman Returns, you know. Um, any pop star known to man was in there. The Osborne kids came in all the time. You um, have to, you know what? Somebody needs to grab that archive, uh, pick well, I think, out. I think Mike has it. Like Mike Ramirez has all of it. That's, I mean, all you have to do, you know, get uh, clearances for standard karaoke catalog. Right. Yeah. And then, and then you've got, you've got a legit, if not a documentary, you've got, you could potentially even do a series of, 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 uh, you know, through the decades. Yeah. the different celebrities or different funny, crazy things that were caught on camera. Um, I would watch that for sure. But you know, yeah. I worked there, but yeah. I think it would, I think it would entertain a lot of people, especially if you, you know, you got crazy and intercut interviews with people yeah. that were there and witnessed some of these things. I mean, yeah. I think, I think if you just got celebrities to sign on and talk about their nights there, what they could remember. Cause like, let's be honest, the, the, the cost of entry to do karaoke is being hammered. Not a lot of people were like stone cold sober singing karaoke. They were like, I need some liquid courage in order to get up there and do it. And, and celebrities are <laughs> no excuse to this. Like they're not, they're not uh, excused from this rather. Um, yeah. So you had a lot of drunken, you know, like pop stars. I mean, shit dude. Like, I mean like big names, like, t- like think about like at the height of her career, Britney comes in, and performs karaoke to like a semi-packed bar. It wasn't even that busy the night. She came in like on a Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah. But she sings karaoke and she does her dance numbers. Like that shit could not happen today. Like Billie Eilish isn't going on fucking Dimple's stage today being uh, how famous she is. Like it just, you know, there's too many hands in. Have you seen Britney's Instagram? Oh my God. It's just a cry for help, my friend. I, 
I begged. I, she, I, I, she would come in to Dipples today. No, I didn't say her. I said like the equivalence of her would be oh, okay, somebody like it. Billie Eilish. Got like it. that's because the Brittany equivalent. Would, Brittany would be there in a, every night. She would. She would. <laughs> she would host it. She would have Sal. She was like. She, she would yes. be her side job. <laughs> she would. She would. She would be the host. I, yeah. I would go back in. I would bartend. You'd be spinning. Yeah. Spinning. Right. Spinning. Spin, Just quote unquote. pressing play on a computer. Oh man. That would be hilarious. Yeah, man. Good times, dude. Like, uh, hey, okay. So let's like kind of put a button on it. Like, sure. what, like couple favorite memories. Like, you know, what stands out when you think back of those days? Like, what's the first couple things you think about? Like, um, well, I know you know this is a a uh, service industry podcast. So to to speak to that a little bit, I will say I have to commend Sal on uh, his hourly pay. Yeah, um, it, was, it he, was above right. He was very good at paying, um, you know, because a lot of places they'll get away with paying, you know, two, three bucks or, or something ridiculous yeah. uh, because they're saying, well, you you know, you're going to get the bulk of your money in these tips, right? Yeah. Which, and I'm sure a lot has changed now. I know there are, there are you know, well, service fees added. So, so, so the thing is, is California is a tip, uh, a minimum wage state. So we were all making minimum wage. Like anyone who works in the service industry makes minimum wage plus their tips. A lot of states don't do that. They could pay you two fifty an hour to because you're going to make tips. Sal, to your you're right. Sal paid slightly above minimum for everyone to work. He was there. paying. It was like fifteen or something an hour yeah. or fourteen, and it was. But it was it was way more than any other bar that I had yeah. that I worked at after. Mm-hmm. Like he was, he, 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 he was taking care of it. Right. Yeah. And then the tips, you know, some nights were good. Some nights were, oh. yeah. I mean, it was depending <laughs> on how busy we were even like the yeah. busiest nights. It wasn't like a tip making place. So checks were definitely higher than, you know, um, but, yeah, yeah, because it wasn't like super fancy drinks. The beers were a little more expensive than they should have been, but, but no one's going to tip you crazy amount on a beer. Right. So yeah. <clears throat> it, it was like work. a, it was a shot in a beer place or like a seven and seven or Jack and Coke place. It wasn't like we were whipping out fancy cocktails and martinis in that place. Right. So it didn't lend itself to huge tipping yeah. generally. Um, but, but I did, I really enjoyed it. Like you said, I felt like a family. Um, and I, 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 I definitely, I would love to talk to Sal again and see how he's doing because it's been a minute. Have you, have you talked to him at all about so, maybe coming on? I haven't talked to him about coming on only because I think the, the, the hurdle of the technology might be too much for him. I don't think so. Um, I, I think he might need like a, a handler, so to speak. I mean, the dude's an old dude. He's like in his eighties, but I just like, I don't know if he'd be able to figure it out per se, but if, if I'm lucky enough to get this going in person within the next six months to a year, yeah. I'd love to have sit down with him and talk to with him. Um, but I saw him on like his birthday two years ago, a year ago, two years ago, um, mm. went out to the Valley for his birthday, surprised everybody, um, surprised him. Cause he used to call me like every month for Dimple's reunion. And I just stopped going and stopped picking up his phone. And he stopped calling eventually. Yeah. Uh, but Kim was like, Oh, come on out. It's his birthday. And so the wife and I made the trek to studio city and, 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 and hung out and, and sang some karaoke. It was fun. Eddie was there hosting. Is, is he getting along fine? Like walk because he, I mean, he was always yeah, super. He, he looked, carry the bottles out in the back doing the break. Like he was. He, he looked the same. I mean, he had a slight yeah. shuffle into his feet more than usual. I mean, the dudes in yeah. his eighties, um, but physically he looks the same. He's a touch shorter. Uh, yeah. 
you know, Dick walked him to his car that night, which was cute, like an old married couple. <laughs> um, you know, but like Dick looks old. Like that, yeah. he look he looks old. Um, but Sal always looked old. Dick looked like like Dick looked like he was in his fifties, well into his seventies. You know, what I mean, he was always a young looking guy. He had the um, kind of salt and pepper yeah. from time to time. Yeah, and yeah. Looks, but yeah. yeah, just you know, good skin didn't wrinkle. But now he looks sure. a little bit older. Um, but yeah, he seemed good. I just don't know. I mean, look, I the the thing that kept Sal alive was dimples, wine, wine dimples and, and dimples, wine. dimples like, and wine. Yeah, he, this guy didn't take a day off. I think he had. He worked six days a week. He had, uh, I think he had Sundays off or something. He had one day off. Um, and, but that was recent. Like for like the first couple of years I worked there, he didn't have a day off. And it was right. like towards the end, he t- started taking some time. And, and at the end of the night, he would be the one to yeah. bring out all the new bottles. Like he, he would go into the closet yeah. and he'd, he'd lift the boxes with all the bottles. Like he, he was, yeah, it was impressive. He didn't trust anybody to do that. He thought people would steal. He counted all the money at the end of the night. Didn't trust anybody to do that. I mean, the bartenders would count up all the money in their tip jar and all the money in the till, but then he'd yeah. double count it. And um, you know, I remember, I remember when he when he let me into the bottle crypt. Like he started letting me go in there. Yeah, but it definitely help. was like a, he still was. He still would carry the boxes. He it more like, hey, Tommy, Eric, <laughs> yeah. can you get this down off the shelf for me? But it was less uh-huh. about like. He was very prideful, prideful yeah. guy. Um, it, so, you know, going back to, to, to the theme of, of the show is like working mm-hmm. there. Yeah. You know, you worked there like four years, five years, something like that within the something industry. Like uh, then you kind of got into the private sector a bit, but like any lessons you learned from that, anything that you still carry with you and, and like it was developmental years of her, of her young adult life, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, honestly, and we, we touched on it, um, but for me, I think really the most important thing is to, um, if you're working in this industry, um, to, you know, it's okay to take pride in what you're doing. It's okay to do a great job at what you're doing and not worry about how someone else might look at you. Yeah. Um, you're there providing an awesome service. Uh, it, the world wouldn't work without people like us doing that. Right. Sure. Um, and, and if you're not in the industry, look at the people that are in the industry with a little respect because they deserve it. They're there helping you have a good time. So remember that also remember that they control the portions in your drink of alcohol. (laughs) They control uh, a lot of things when it comes to your, your, your food and and your service. And if you, if you keep them happy and give them respect, it's going to make it a much more pleasurable, uh, pleasurable experience for you. Um, It's like the line in fight club where it's like, we watch you while you sleep. It's like, it's like the service industry is like that. It's like every, everyone who's at a certain level and thinks they're above you realize that we, you know, we control everything that you enjoy in life as far as right. not me personally or you personally, but the industry as a whole, it's, it's, yeah. it's interweb, you know, into the fabric of everything that we do. So I also, agree with you 100%. one last tip. <clears throat> um, if Dimples ever does reopen, <clears throat> Don't eat the pretzels. <laughs> um, but also know this. If you went to Dimples back in the day and you ate the pretzels, you might be immune to COVID. Yeah, there's a good chance you're immune to COVID. That's probably yeah. why I don't have COVID because I was stupid enough to be hungry and eat the pretzels. <laughs> the, sna- the pretzels and snack mix. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, my friend. Uh, let's, let's, let's bring this back on you. You talk, you didn't did the services for me. Tell me a little bit as we wrap it up here about, about the bad boys of pop podcasts. Um, yeah. 
I'm going to direct my, my listeners to take a listen to what it, what it's in store for them. I'll keep it brief. So yeah, the bad boys of pop podcast um, is basically it's my old bandmate from my boy band from no authority. Uh, and just so you guys know, we, we were signed to Michael Jackson, who was the king of pop. We were signed to Madonna, who is the queen of pop. We toured a lot with Britney, who's basically the princess of pop, right? Yep. So so initially I was going to go with the princes of pop. Okay. But from a branding point of view, that could get confused. Yep. And spelling would be weird. So yep. decided, you know, we did a lot of pelvic thrusts back in the day. <laughs> Let's just go with the bad boys of pop. So Good. we are the bad boys of pop. And, uh, and, and we, on Mondays do, have you heard the news mm -hmm. in the form of seven questions? Okay. And it's essentially, it's trivia. Uh, it's entertainment news trivia Okay. where we'll have guests come on and uh, tr try to compete, you know, compete to win no authority gear, or no authority, the bad boys of pop gear. Right. Cool. Yeah. Um, so they come on to compete for that. But on Thursdays is, is our grab bag. Sometimes it's a, like a top 10. Sometimes it's a, an award special. Sometimes uh, it we do a throwback to our old sit down mm -hmm. uh, interview show called the Real Showcast. Okay, the cup that I'm drinking out of. <laughs> um, sometimes we'll go back, we'll do a throwback to that. We'll do a grab bag TRSC, the Real Showcast version. Yeah. We'll have somebody come on and we'll interview them, right? And so then they'll be the guests that come back on that come on Monday because now people know them. Yeah, they're invested. They want to see if they can win something, and. Um, yeah, we just have a good time. We have, you know, entertainers from all aspects of the industry come on. Uh, you know, we've had some Grammy winners, some Emmy winners. Um, so, yeah, we just like, we have a good time. And uh, we're there Mondays and Thursdays, generally 3 p.m. Pacific. That does change from time to time. But you can find all the episodes. Uh, we do video as well. It's on Facebook, uh, The Bad Boys of Pop, YouTube, The Bad Boys of Pop. Um and you're streaming live on, on Facebook, right? So we stream live uh, on Facebook and on YouTube and on okay. Twitch, actually. Oh, nice. The Bad Boys of Pop. Uh, or thebadboysofpop.com. You can find us there. Or on all of the whatever platforms you listen to podcasts on, we're there as well. That's awesome, dude. Well, Tommy, it was great catching up with you. We haven't talked this long in, in a couple of years. I mean, a couple of text messages here and there. Yeah. Um, you know, but it, it was, this was No, this was way better. Up with you. Yeah, way better. Than, way better. Facebook messaging about certain people kind of going off the deep end. But and when, <laughs> and when time allows, um, I would love to, or when time, when time and, uh, you know, certain environmental issues allow, yeah. I would love to, to get together and have a bite or have a beer or something. Fuck yeah, dude. I mean, look, I, I look, I wanted to be, hanging out with you when you were doing your cooking show a couple of years back. So I know like a barbecue session is in store for us in the future, like especially when oh. the world opens back up because you absolutely know, you were doing some, you know, awesome. Do shit you have a then. grill? I do. I have a charcoal grill. Okay. Just, we have yeah. a grill as well. And I, I love charcoal. So we'll fit, we'll figure it out whenever, when it makes sense, we can, yeah. you know, I can come to you, you can come over here, whatever. So, we'll figure so, it out. so tying it real quick before we go, have you been <laughs> out during COVID? Like, have you gone to any local restaurants or bars? How's that been? Um, if you have been? I've not been to any bars. Uh, we do have a situation where on, on Fridays over here, though, uh, on, on our main street, um, the restaurants will open up. They'll shut down the streets and they'll open up tables outside. So they'll have the streets blocked off. Um, so I have done that. We, we did that once. But cool. in, gener in general, uh, I've done a lot of cooking. I'll, I'll do grocery shops and just cook here yeah. uh, or occasionally pick up food to bring home. But... Um, but I'm looking forward to 
getting back around other people and, and enjoying, you know, yeah. quote unquote, normal life. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, it, it is what it is. And, and I respect, uh, the fact that some people are, are more, um, uh, you know, in danger of, of being extremely affected by this than others. And in fact, my wife's aunt passed away last week oh, from geez. COVID. Oh, so wow. I'm very aware of that. And, and I, I do wear a mask when I go out, not for, not because I'm scared, but out of, it's for other people. For other people. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, some, a lot of people for some reason can't grasp that concept. They think, Oh, I'm not scared. I'm like, yeah, I'm not scared either. Yeah. Douche. <laughs> it's not about like, that. Like, like, like be a, be a, be a decent human being and, I, and, and not so prideful, you know, I, I posted a meme today about like, <laughs> I choose not to turn my headlights on at night because it infringes on my freedom. And it's fine that you want to wear head, put your headlights on, but I don't want to put them. It's just the argument's stupid. If you, you're not scared. Them. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not scared of driving in the dark without assistance. <laughs> it's not about you dummy. Uh, all right. Yeah. I, um, yeah, man. It's been great. Guys, go check out uh, Tommy's podcast, thebadboysofpop.com. Uh, every Monday and Thursday, you're streaming live on Facebook and YouTube and Twitch, as I said. Uh, yep. Dude, it's been a pleasure to have you, man. Uh, I hope all the best in with what you're doing. And I hope I agree with you. I hope someday soon we can sit down in person and, and share a beer and then shoot the shit for a lot longer than about an hour. So, uh, Sounds excellent, my brother. All right, guys. That wraps up another episode of Corner Memoirs of the Service Industry. I've been Eric as always. Tommy, thank you again for coming in. Guys, if you like the show, please leave us a thumbs up and a comment and subscribe on YouTube. Follow us along on Spotify and iTunes and all that jazz. And until next time, we'll talk to you later, guys. Have a good one.